Come Follow Him podcast. This podcast is created by the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here, we hope to help young adults find relevant principles each week as they study the assigned Come Follow Me scripture block as outlined by the church. This episode is simply two institute teachers talking about what they see in the scriptures that might be relevant to your life. It is not intended to speak for the church or to definitively define doctrines or policies. Any opinions shared here are just that, our opinions, as we have learned to come follow Him. I'm your host, Matt Swenson. Let's jump in. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's good to be with you again this week. I'm super excited uh, to be with Brother Chad Roskelly, um, who's a good friend of mine. I've taught with him before, um, and I just think highly of uh, Brother Roskelly. He's got a, uh, a wonderful background um, outside of Seminary and Institute and, and has made a, a career change in his life, and, and it's brought him this way, and we're so grateful for him. And um, So, Brother Roskelly, welcome. Thank you, Matt. It's good to have you. And, I appreciate uh, you. I just want you to introduce yourself. Tell us about your family uh, before we jump into the block. Well, I, we could spend the whole evening talking about <laughs> my family because they are amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I met my wife at BYU after my mission. Yep. My mission changed my life. Everything that's good in my life came because of my mission. Yeah. Because of my mission, I went to BYU where I met my beautiful wife. Been married almost 33 years Great. this year. And, Great. And we have five amazing kids, three boys and two girls. Um, my youngest one just got off his mission, and the rest of them are all married. We have two grandchildren. They're, they're all doing so well. Uh, my oldest boy has a master's degree. My, they all have gotten their degrees in college. One of them's going to medical school. Mm -hmm. The most important thing, they've all served missions. Yeah, that's cool. They've all served missions, yeah. and the most important thing is that they're all faithful in the gospel right yeah. now and temple worthy, and that's the most important thing to me. Yeah, that's so cool. They they came really amazing, <laughs> and and Jennifer is an amazing person with yeah. with very much Christ-like love. She is, she's very Christ-like, uh, one of the most Christ-like people I've ever met in my life, and mm. and I think that the kids follow in her footsteps much more than mine, and thank goodness for that yeah. because they are beautiful. They're yeah. so good, and right now they're making the right choices, and it, I'm not sure that it has to do anything to do with me. Well, <laughs> you're humble. I would, I would say it does. But, no, I uh, thank you. But it's good to know you and, and grateful that you're willing to be here with us today. Um, what are you going to teach us? Where are we, where are we going? Oh, what are we going to talk about? This stuff's amazing. This stuff's amazing. We're going to be talking about the, the three of the prophets that were called to Jerusalem around the same time as other prophets. We're going to be talking about Nahum. We're going to be talking about Habakkuk. And we're going to be talking about Zephaniah. Okay. Um, now, the background on this, this is really amazing uh, because this, these chapters show uh, a tremendous love that the Savior has for even people that he calls sinners. Mm -hmm. um, because at this time, we've got multiple prophets called mm. to, to, to ask the children of Israel to repent. Yeah. And even though the Lord calls them wicked, you just see that he wants them back. Sure. He, he calls them wicked. They have done some grievous things. They yeah. have, they're worshiping idols. They're very sexually involved. Mm -hmm. they, um, they are, they've, become, um, they've become compelled by alcohol, as you'll see. Mm -hmm. and, and these, these revelations are very dualistic in nature. These prophets not only were prophesying to to, to the, the years in the, a range of 630 BC, but they also, they also saw our day mm. and saw how relevant the two days were. Mm. 
But, you know, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, they would have been contemporaries of, of Jeremiah. Yep. They would have been contemporaries of, of Lehi. Yeah. And this, this is some of the evidence of the Book of Mormon. We go to First to, uh, Nephi chapter 1, mm. uh, and Nephi says this, mm. right? Nephi says in First Nephi chapter 1, he says, I think it's verse 4, says, For it came to pass in the commencement of the first year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, my father Lehi, having dwelt in Jerusalem all his days, and in that same year there came many prophets prophesying unto the people that they must repent, or the great city Jerusalem must be destroyed. Yeah. You know, um, this is evidence that the Book of Mormon was not authored by Joseph Smith. There are so many so many perfect correlations between the Book of Mormon and the Old Testament in particular that he would have had to have been the preeminent oh, yeah. uh, Old Testament scholar Yeah, I love of the, his day. Is it Elder Callister says yes, that Callister. It, it would take more faith to believe that Joseph could do what he did yeah, yeah. than it does that God helped somebody write a book right. Right, and gave him, the, gave him the record. Yeah, it would take more faith. I look at the conspiracy <laughs> theories on the Book of Mormon and they, they are so intricate that it's easier for me to believe that Joseph Smith <laughs> was a vessel right. for, the, for the Lord yeah. to, to translate the Book of Mormon than it is to believe the conspiracy theories. They yeah. are so intricate. And yeah, there's sure. so many thousands of thousands of Hebraisms, right, of the Hebrew culture, mm -hmm. Hebrew language that, that are exact mm -hmm. um, and very few that aren't yeah. in the Book of Mormon. Yeah. That, it's wonderful. Yeah, he's wonderful connection. Amazing. So anyway, <clears throat> so we've got all these prophets that are called to Jerusalem, which shows God's mercy for people who are really doing some bad things. Yeah. You know, he loves his kids. True. And he sent... He sent these prophets to, another one would have been Ezekiel. Yep. Um, he sent these prophets who were renowned, like, like Zephaniah. Zephaniah was from a royal family. Mm. And so everybody would have known Zephaniah. Sure. And they would have respected him. And I think it's amazing that the Lord would call someone that was known to the communities and yeah. would have respected uh, among these other prophets. It shows that the Lord really wants to gather his kids and yeah. he loves them. Yeah, I love, uh, you know, as I've read these books and, and Ezekiel and um, Zephaniah and even, even Isaiah, you know, back, back 100 years before this kind of time period, um, I love how different they are. I think it's a testament that the Lord was involved that he sends different voices to us yeah. that are saying the same thing. Yeah. I think of our day with the prophets and apostles and I think, you know, how, how unique is it to have an Elder Oaks yeah, you know, Judge Oaks, yeah. right? So particular. A, yeah, and and have him stand up right before or right after Elder Holland, who is so emotionally yes. connected to everything, <laughs> right. right? Or, or um, oh, you this could just name them, right? They're, they're fluffy just so Santa Claus, right? Yeah, Elder they're just Holland. so different. But they, they, we need that. We need them to speak to us in different ways. And sometimes I need Elder Oaks' direct approach. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you. Then I'm going to tell you what I taught you. Right? Yeah. That, that's yeah, Elder yeah, Oaks' yeah. way. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes I need Elder Holland saying it, just in such a touching way um, that. I just love that idea that, that God is the same today as he was back then. Yeah. He sends many prophets yeah. in, 
and uh, to talk to the people to try to get his kids back. And I love the fact that nowadays we have so many female leaders in the church yeah. that those voices are needed. Yeah, I'm so glad and you said that. I just saw that President Nelson just increased the, the number on his women's council huh. to give him feedback, yeah, right? Isn't great. that amazing? Yeah, that's so cool. That he's, he's relying on women in the church to give him uh, information that would lead to revelation. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah, we I need think those it, many voices. I, I know, and I think if you've ever wondered if women ought to have a more of a role in the church, just go listen to one of the women's conferences right. they put together. Holy oh, cow. Amazing. It's, it's, uh, and, then, and then compare and contrast it to the men's sessions of conference where it's like, you're horrible, guys. Yeah, like, fix yeah, it. Now, now and, then, and then they talk to the ladies. It's like, you're ushering in you're the Savior, and you are fantastic, right? And well, it's just so good. You know, so I, good. Asked, I, asked, I've, I had a student recently ask me, how come... How come there's so many stories about men in the scriptures and how few about women? And I said, well, who needs it the most? Yeah. <laughs> who is screwing up the <laughs> most? Right? Who needs the most examples that actually a man did yeah. make it, right? <laughs> actually a man, there was a righteous uh -huh, man. Uh -huh. I'm like, oh, okay. Then, then I can. I there, can were, I, there were six of them during this time frame. <laughs> right? Yeah. I was like, yeah. who needs it more? Oh, that's great. Right? I love that. So anyway, I love that. Well, jump us in. Where are we going to go? So this is amazing. I the, the 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 preeminent problem that the Lord has with Jerusalem, and in Nahum's case, uh, Nineveh, hmm. they both have the same problem. Nineveh was converted by Jonah, Jonah in the yep, whale, yep. about a hundred years previous, right. and now these people have turned to the world. Okay, and I want you to think about us today because these 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 prophecies are very dualistic in nature. Um, these. Nahum's talking to people who have left the church, mm -hmm. right? They were members of the church. Sure. And they have turned to idol worship, and so has Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem didn't fully turn to, to idol worship, uh, but, they, but what they've done is they, they've looked at the Assyrian or the Phoenician world around them and said, you know what, they're doing okay. Yeah. And so let's include some worship of Baal yeah. and Ashtoreth yeah. in our own worship of Jehovah. Yeah, that 70-year period where they got taken captive and then they came back is mm -hmm. where they adopted a lot of that yeah, stuff, right? right. And, and I think Jeremiah is uh, significant in his uh, words to those to the people in Jerusalem that, that uh, you, things like you go to the temple and you worship, yeah. and then you go home and you worship these weird things you made. Okay. Right? But even in the temple, it's Jeremiah said that they would burn incense right. to Jehovah, and then they would burn incense to Baal, right? right? An yeah. idol god. Yeah. So. They kind of mixed the world with true religion, like yeah. we do, oh, like man, we yeah. do, right? And you got to think that we, it's, you've got to, you've got to put yourself in this situation. Sometimes we put one foot in the church yeah. and we want one foot in the world, yeah, right? That's true. And that's, that's what, true. that's what the Lord is concerned about. These people, they haven't fully left the worship of Jehovah. They just, they have corrupted it yeah. with the yeah. world. And that's the, and that's the problem that he has with them. Um, yeah, and, and so they're worshiping idols. In this particular case, they're worshiping things that they make themselves out of wood yeah. or stone yeah. or metal. Right. And, and I just want you to, I mean, here's, here's idol worship ancient, in ancient Israel, right? And, and think about this. Is there, any, is there any idols that we might worship today? Or is there any time that we try to keep one foot in the world and one foot in the church? Yeah. Right. Are yeah. we, so this is, here's, here's ancient idol worship. They spent time and money on man-made gods. Mm -hmm. They had small images and jewelry made so that they could carry these idols, gods with them everywhere they went. Mm. 
Think of any idol Ooh, gods yet? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it took time and attention away from worshiping God the Father and Jesus Christ. Anything that took away time. Idol gods were given attention in settings that were intended for the learning and worship of God the Father and Jesus Christ, such as in synagogues, temples, altars. Yeah. You ever see anybody, <laughs> the most sacred meeting that we go through, sacrament, do you ever see anybody texting? Oh yeah, they're just buried into their gods. <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting, right? We have, we have idol gods. Um, let's see, they took time and energy away from the things which would bring them closer to the God that loves them, mm. right? I think about how... Uh, how missionaries sometimes struggle to go out on a mission um, and not have that device, at least not have that device function the way it was functioning yeah. before. Yeah. And, and it causes uh, emotional distress oh, I, I, well, yes. for so many of them, right? And, and I, I taught a mission prep class at one point and uh, in my stake and my, my stake president asked me to collect the cell phones of the of the young men, young women yeah. that were going out on yeah. missions for like four days. He was gonna have a meeting with them yeah. midweek and he just wanted them to, and, I, and he said, I don't want you to force it. Just invite them to turn it in to me. Um, and then anybody that turns it in and can go four days without their phone, I'm going to take to dinner that night. We're yeah. going to have our meeting, and I'm going to okay. take them out to steak dinner. And, uh, and nobody ever did it. Nobody ever okay. turned their phone Isn't in. That and they all had reason. They all had like, well, I'm working on my, my eagle and I and yeah, I needed the this. I need my phone because so I needed important. to I'm like, there's nobody there's no other phone you can use to call that guy or, yeah. or whatever you yeah. need, right? And that uh, we've turned them into such a central part of our lives. Yeah. And and not that it's all bad. I, I think there's oh, absolutely you know, not. apostles use them and whatnot, but sure. But can we set them aside? Is, are we capable of it? I don't know. You know, the, it's interesting. The hottest the hottest topic mm -hmm. of of research right now, university research in psychology and psychiatry is phone addiction. It yeah. is the hottest topic of research mm -hmm. because of the causative link between social media and mental and emotional problems, yeah. including depression, anxiety, suicide. Sure. Suicide between 2008 and 2017, suicide rate, rate went up 147%. And it is directly related to phone cell usage. This is on the internet, you can find yeah. it, right? Yeah. This uh, wow. phone cell addiction, and there is a causative, causative link hmm. between cell phone use and depression, anxiety, loneliness, yeah. uh, ADD, yeah. compulsive disorder, and there is some smaller links uh, to other health issues, right? Yeah. So the, the Well, self-esteem, I think, it, yes, just, it, just yes. in, in general, right, it is uh, I, I, I've stopped posting most things because I don't want to be compared and I don't yeah. want to compare, right? right? And I just, most oh. of my, my social media is just a, a place for me to work more and, and share the gospel more. Right. But, but uh, yeah, I, I uh, man. I, well, I let's look. Let's okay. look. At, let's go into the scriptures okay. because I want to look at some, I want to look at, I want you to see how Nahum, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah saw our day okay. and, and what this, what this idol worship did to the people and, and the warnings that God gave them. So let's just look, uh, uh, Nahum ch chapter two, okay. verse nine, right? Okay. And it just says, this just reminds us of what the idols were made of. Take ye the spoil of silver, take the spoil of gold, for there is none end of the store and glory out of all the ple pleasant furniture. Mm -hmm. He's talking about furniture, he's talking about 
gods that are made out of wood or stone. Sure. And he's like, there's no end to them in the world that he sees. Now yeah. he's, he's comparing us to, to Nineveh at this mm -hmm. time, but also Jerusalem. Sure. Right? So then let's go to chapter 3. And he says... Well, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Because the next verse. She is empty and void oh. and waste. And the heart melted. That yes. is us, right? It's empty. It feels so fulfilling yes. to get yes. a friend on yes. social media or to, or to have... Uh, have somebody respond or reply to my post or whatever, right? But but it's empty, it's void, it's waste. The heart melteth, yep. and the knees smite together, and much pain is in all loins, and the faces of them that gather blackness. I just I just think there's so much yep. correlation, and, and we don't make the correlation because I didn't make a, a rock god and paint it right. gold and put it on my sure. mantle and worship sure. it, right? It's, right. It, this was this was the technology of their day, right? Yeah. That they were using. And, uh, but he and, sees our day, oh, too. Oh, man, yeah, no kidding. Look okay, at, take, take I me love this. No, I love this. You're right. I was going to talk about that in another setting, but this is beautiful. Look at, so um, let's go to chapter 3 and look at verse uh, 1, Okay. right? He says, he says to Nineveh, woe unto the bloody city, wow, right? Yeah. This is a direct correlation, right? You have forsaken, th that's, this is a derogatory term saying yeah. you, you've made some choices that really are not going to be good for you, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, verse, let's see, verse four says, and this is why, this is why he says, and you can see some of the idols today, what comes up on our phones, yeah, right? right? Because of the multitude of thy whoredoms, right? Mm. These are sexual sins. This yeah. is, this is pornography, yeah. right? of the well-favored harlot. Hmm. Isn't that a, the yeah. well, your favorite <laughs> sin, your favorite sin, oh, your well-favored harlot. Yeah. The mistress of witchcrafts hmm. that selleth nations through her whoredoms and families through her witchcrafts. Hmm. That's porn. Yeah. That is porn. That's, wow. Think of how many families are destroyed because of pornography use. Yeah. You know, I've been on, I've been on eight uh, church councils where a, a man's, uh, membership in the church was being considered and it always went back to pornography. Yeah, so he had ended up there. ended up in adultery but started out with pornography. Yeah. Ruins families. Yeah. So he sees that. Hmm. Um, anyway, verse 5. Uh, well, let's see. The end of verse 5 says, I will show the nations thy nakedness hmm. and the kingdoms thy shame. Yeah. And I will cast abominable filth upon thee. But I want to ask this, right? Um, is it God that gets angry, and is He the one that causes? He says, "I will cast abominable filth on thee." Is is that the God that we know? No, no. It's it's that He brings to light the things that we've done, and our shame and our guilt that is okay. that is brought from that. And and it reminds me of uh, Doctrine and Covenants section nineteen, um, where He talks about uh, the suffering that the Savior went through, and the suffering is so great that the the he suffered for our, the punishment of our sins. The but guilt. The, yeah, the, the, the feelings that we've had, yeah. all of it, right? Yeah. But in particular, he suffered a punishment that you and I will never feel because he suffered it. Every sin has an attached punishment to it, yes. right? Um, right. But on earth, I'm given time to repent until I die. And so if God gave me the punishment for the sin, then I, I've already suffered the punishment right. and there's not, right? Yeah. So what do we feel? We feel the shame. We feel the, the, the guilt. We feel um, the consequence. The consequence. But, but, the, but right. the punishment from God is reserved to come yep. forth later, right? If I don't accept the Savior, then, then, then I have to suffer that punishment according to section 19 of the Doctrine and Covenants. But, but this reminds me that uh, the, the Lord's going to pull back the curtain and let everybody see my guilt, 
and mm. see my yeah. right? And I have to deal with the punishment. Yeah. I have to deal with those things separate, right? But but it's not hidden to yeah. him. It's not I hidden agree. to him. I he, love, doesn't, he doesn't do it to me either. No, I no, did it to myself. No, absolutely. It's the consequences. Yeah. And, and I, I love this too. You think about like, so it's the consequences of sin. And when a prophet, when a prophet says that the Lord is angry or God is angry, I don't think God is ever angry. I think God mm -hmm. is love. I think he's full yeah. of love. I think he's so full of love that he has no room for anger. He has, he has room for long suffering. Yeah. And that's why he's calling these prophets, these people, because he loves them. Well, I might take you back to chapter one, just verse three. Okay. And maybe you're going to share this later. Yeah. But the Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. Right. Right. Acquitting, right. right, is is to find not guilty and let them free, right? Yep. So he's not fast to make me guilty. He's not nope. fast to, but at the end of the day, he's not going to say, well, he's guilty, but we're going to let him go. Right. Right. Exactly. He's going to hold us accountable. And I think that there's there's natural consequences. I Like I said, I don't think when it says right here, the Lord is slow to anger, I don't think God is ever angry. I think this is the way that a prophet interprets a, a very deep feeling sure. of concern. That we understand. Right. That, yeah. So that we can understand yeah, it. Good. But I also believe that if we don't have God to protect us by keeping the commandments, then who do we get? Yeah. We get Satan. Right. And he hates us. And he doesn't want to protect us. Right. And that's the consequence. Yeah. Right. And so if I say to my, if, if I say, well, I've smoked for 25 years and I got cancer, that's a consequence. That's not a punishment. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so he, I don't think God is ever wanting to give us the consequences. Right. That's what he's trying to protect us sure. from. Okay. Right. Yeah. So a little bit further, Habakkuk, let's jump into okay. to, uh, Habakkuk. Okay. He's, he sees our day and he sees a time when, when alcohol is used so much, right? Mm. So chapter two, verse, Habakkuk chapter two, verse five, and he says, so he, this is what Habakkuk sees as idol worship. Mm -hmm. Because he transgresseth by wine, he is a proud man, neither keepeth at home, who enlarges his desire as hell and is as death and cannot be satisfied. He's talking yeah. about our addictions. Satan yeah. can never be satisfied. Yeah. He always takes and takes and takes and never gives back. Yeah. Never gives back, right? Um, and he's, but gathereth unto him all nations and heapeth unto him all people. That's Satan, uh, yeah. right? He's gathered the world. Let's look at, so again, this is Habakkuk, one of his concerns is alcohol use. Mm. Um, and verse 15, woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink. Mm. that putteth thy bottle to him and maketh him drunken also, that mm. thou mayest look on their nakedness. How many songs are there oh, out yeah. there that talk about, <clears throat> let's have fun, let's right? get drunk, yeah. and then we'll have, then we'll party, no right? Kidding, we'll get, right? yeah, every, mm. I, you can't hardly think, think of 10 songs, modern songs that don't talk about alcohol well, or sex. Yeah, or, or with just the idea that I'm gonna buy you a drink. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you drunk go because bar. you did something good for me. I'm gonna, right? right? That's become a, it's become a, uh, a gift yeah. that we give to right. others in some sending settings, right? Uh, it's interesting. I had a state president who came and talked to us, and he said the one-two punch to immorality was is alcohol, and then sex. Mm -hmm. He says that's the one-two punch. He says that's what I see youth coming to repent of, right? I I compromised, yeah. right? Took a drink, and then I fell yeah. even further, yeah. right? Yeah, the immorality. So uh, let's mm -hmm. see. I think there was one in Zephaniah I wanted to look at. Zephaniah. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. Now, here it is again. The warning through Zephaniah. Woe unto her that is filthy and, and polluted to the oppressing city. She obeyed not the voice. She didn't listen to God. She received not correction. She wouldn't repent. She trusted in the Lord. 
She drew not near to her God. Mm. Verse 4, it says that they polluted the sanctuary, even the temple, right? Mm. Now, now, what I want to say about this is that the difference in God's mind through the prophets, the difference between the wicked and the faithful is not sin. Yeah, we all do that. We all make mistakes, and sometimes the same mistake. Yeah. The wicked make the same mistake as the faithful. But the difference, the difference mm -hmm. is that the faithful recognize their need to be at the sacrament table on Sundays, humbly asking the Lord for the atonement to affect their lives yeah. in change. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. And that's what he's saying. You guys have polluted the, the, the religion that could save you with the world and it's going to destroy you the 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 uh, consequences are horrible yeah that's so good i, I love that it, it reminds me of when i was reading habakkuk uh, in preparation to come visit with you i i kept thinking about how adam and eve's fall from the garden um, is very similar to our kind of experience on earth right that that we're we're given the gospel yeah right yeah and uh and and then we make a choice and because of our choice we aren't allowed to have what we had before, and now I have to like toil through stuff. Um, and and I think one of the things that is interesting to me is the negative stuff that we see in our life that we have to deal with—the weeds and the and the toil and the work yeah, and, yeah, the, yeah. and the problems. Really, they aren't given to us as a punishment. They're given to us to help us get back. Adam and Eve, yeah. because they yeah. fell, needed to learn to follow God, needed yeah. to learn to Love really it. listen and, uh, and be obedient. And when they were, and when they made covenants, then they were given the gospel back, right? They were yeah. given the fullness. But at, when they're kicked out of the garden, they got nothing. Yeah. Adam builds an altar and has no idea why he's doing it. Yeah. And then says, But oh, he's obedient. Yeah, I'm supposed to do this. I don't know why. And then their gospel then, is given back to them and they have right. it taught, right? Obedience first yeah, it, and then the revelation. It's the same for you and I, right? That, that we're given, as members of the church especially, we're given some light, we're given some knowledge and, and our goal is to be obedient to that knowledge, to step up every time I learn something new and do yeah. that new thing. But I'm horrible at doing that, right? I, uh, I may be for a day. I, yeah, I learn this yeah, little thing, I step up that day, I'm like, yeah, I'm on. Yeah, and then got the next this. day I'm like, well, what I learned today? I'm learning uh, something new today, I'm not doing that thing anymore, right? And so I step back. Yeah and, yeah, and that's what the Savior was so good at was that grace for grace, line upon line principle where because he was given some grace and given a little bit of knowledge, he acted in grace and was yeah. perf perfect at it from that point on, never went back, yeah. right? Not that he knew everything when he was a, a, a three-year-old, right? Yeah. But as he learned, he, he grew. The, the idea that is shared in Habakkuk is th this idea that I think is really interesting. Verse 6 uh, for lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, mm. which shall march right. through the breadth of the land to possess yeah. dwelling place. That right? Why? Why is the Lord bringing this okay. horrible thing into right. into these members' lives? Exactly. Well, it's so that they'll humble themselves and remember Him and come yeah. back. Right? His plan. And it says it somewhere in here that it's not forever; it's for a period. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, right. Let's it's, find that. That is in verses three and four. Right. Yep. Yep. For appointed time, verse 3, for the vision yeah. is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright, but the just shall live by faith. Right? So, the just so, shall live so by faith. So there's the idea that, that I'm going to bring the Chaldeans unto you, and they're going to 
they're going to be a horrible pain yeah, in the world. thorn, right? Yeah. I'm going to bring the, the Lamanites under the Nephites so that yeah. they will stay humble. Because of it, I know that the Lamanites aren't getting caught it, the gospel by We don't by stay humble without some, without right? some weeds. Yeah. And, 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 I, and, and what's so wonderful about the way that God does it is he looks at a Chaldean or a Canaanite or a Lamanite and he says, the, their parents aren't teaching them. I can't, I'm not going to hold them accountable to something yeah, they don't know. Yeah, he loves them too. I'm going to get them back. They're That's easy. Kids. Yeah. But I'm going to use them to help those that do know, yeah. that are being taught, to keep them humble, to have them go through stuff and struggle through life. So what does that look like today? It looks like, you know, the, the, the 16 plus million members of the church living in 7 billion people on the planet and struggling through yeah, right. the trials and challenges that a non-member might um, might bring us to that that might offer us drink that might right and 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 just like that that idea um that's shared in uh, zephaniah that uh, or habakkuk about about being drunk right that that yeah, sometimes both. we allow yeah. we allow the drunks of the world not literally right but but those that have have adopted some sinful behavior to tempt me and buy me a drink yeah. Right? And, and let me, oh, I could do that with you. And, and we just fall to that so frequently, don't we? Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, I think there's a, I love this because I, I love Habakkuk in, in that he asks this question, right? And, and Habakkuk has the same question that many members of the church have, right? Verse two, Habakkuk verse two, he says, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry? Yeah. And thou wilt not hear, yeah. right? Uh, even cry unto the of violence, <laughs> and thou wilt not save. This is Joseph Smith in Liberty Jail yeah. saying, where is the pavilion that covered? And that's every member of the right. church saying, come on, yeah. I need some help here. Yeah, the next verse, right? what, what the next verse. Why dost thou show me iniquity right. and cause me to behold grievance? Right? Why am I having to go through this I'm doing everything world? right. I, I paid my tithing, <laughs> right? And wh why are you whooping me, yeah. right? And that's what he's saying, why? But I do love the response of the Lord, and that is in verse 4, right? That, that we've got to have faith in Jesus Christ. We mm. shall live by faith, yeah. right? Yeah. This is the opportunity. This gives us the opportunity like Adam and Eve. The difficulties give us the opportunity to be bound to the Lord and to grow yeah. and make him a partner in this growth, right? That's, yeah. that's uh, Ether 12, 27, sure. where he says, I give you... I give you weaknesses yeah. so that you will come to me and yeah. together we will work on this together and you and I will be conquerors. Yeah, you, right? think, you think of the things that, that, that God is perfect at and that I'm like so jealous of, right? Like, like he's perfect at his thoughts. He never has thoughts that are in, inappropriate or right. not, right? He never right. has those things. And, right. yet, and yet those are the things that plague us in, in life, right? Those things that he's given us, why? So that I can become a master of my thoughts. I yeah. can become a yeah. master of morality or of, of my body or whatever, whatever it might be, right? That, that those things that are maybe the biggest trials in our lives yeah. are given to us so that we can become like him because those are the biggest things that make him yep. separate from yep. us, right? And we, and we don't... We don't grow without adversity. We don't turn to the, to, to the Savior when things are going well. Yeah. And that's why we're allowed to have these, right? Yeah, How well, long, he yeah. says. Well, it's, I, I want to go back to the Garden of Eden because okay. I think there's a really relevant lesson in there that I want to attach to this lesson. And that is, I think it was amazing that Adam and Eve lived in this lush, beautiful place with every fruit and vegetable. Yeah. that they. But Satan could get them to focus on the one thing they couldn't have. Mm. 
Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. And I think of my I think of my own daughters sitting on the couch. They're as they scroll through social media, they just get more miserable and more miserable. Mm -hmm. Now we were we were we were wealthy, right? Mm -hmm. We had everything. My kids had True. everything they True. ever wanted, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. And here's my daughter mm -hmm. sitting on the couch thinking that she, that life has deprived her of something because the person she sees has a new pair of yellow shoes, but she doesn't have a pair of yellow <laughs> shoes. And the next one has a spray tan, and, and she doesn't have a spray tan. And all of a sudden, she's comparing herself to yeah. the one thing that Satan gets us to focus on, the things that we don't have. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're miserable, and we're yeah. upset at God, right? Mm. Yeah. And I just Satan is so good at that, that we need to look towards gratitude and see that we are so fortunate. We are 0.002% of the world to be members of the true church of Jesus yeah. Christ mm. and be attached to the atonement and Jehovah through Jesus Christ through our covenant. Well, and we maybe, are so blessed. Yeah, we really are. And maybe it's like these Israelites, right, that that have have been taken captive for a little while. They've seen some things that other people had that they didn't have. And they saw, oh, that's a golden thing in their house. I didn't have a golden thing in my house right? before. Yeah. So, so whether it's actually something they wanted or not, I don't know. I, I think it was just, that was kind of cool. Let's do that too. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and maybe we are that way, right? We see a, we see the new cell phone come out, and we're like, God, I gotta have that. Right? Why? It's not like I'm making right? movies with my phone, right? and yet I gotta have and the, the old highest phone we're capable exactly. camera. Exactly. Right? Satan gets us to focus on what we don't have. He yeah. did that to Eve. Yeah. It is really one of the principles from the beginning of time right. that we should learn from. Yeah. So. Yeah, that 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 one concept is really amazing to me. I mean, really, what's different in in most phones is the phone. I'm sorry, the camera. Oh yeah, it's the camera. That's all that's yeah, different. Take a picture of yourself. And yet, yeah, a and, selfie. And exactly. And yet, what do we use our phones for? The the basics of the phone are all the same in every phone. Maybe it's a little faster. Yeah. Maybe it's got a little bitter screen. But generally, why are we buying a new phone every year? Yeah. Because I need a new camera every year. Why, why do we buy into this Satan's? Yeah, the sales pitch. What, what? You gets us to focus on what we don't have. Yeah, man. Well, it won't always be this way. Right. I love this. I love yeah. this because Nahum gives us some hope, right? So go to Nahum, and and I love this because now the the king of of Assyria, the king of the the king of of Assyria um, is Sennacherib, mm -hmm. right? And he is one of the great types of Satan, and Nahum knows that, right? And mm -hmm. so um, Nahum compares. Uh, his death mm -hmm. to the eventual end of Satan, which I think is coming pretty soon. Mm -hmm. I think that we're in the time, it could be in your day and mine, sure, when, yeah. when Satan will have an end and he yeah. won't have this power over us. Yeah. That just thought just fills me with joy. Right. Yeah. But here is, here's the Lord talking to a prophet about Sennacherib or Satan okay. or Satan. Now, okay. Sennacherib is the ultimate idol worship. He's got, he's got synagogues or worship places we're filled with idols. And he goes there and he prays to these idols, okay. right? And this is what he says in verse 13. Um, uh, well, the end of verse 12. Though I have afflicted thee, I will afflict thee no more. Mm. For I will break his yoke mm. from off thee, and I will burst thy bonds in sunder. Or asunder is probably mm. the problem, mm -hmm. right? I will burst. And this is Satan. Satan's not going to have any... Any yeah. power over you. This is so awesome. Now, he's talking about Sennacherib, but you've got to think of Satan here. This mm -hmm. is the type that he's talking about. And the Lord hath given a commandment concerning thee, Satan, mm -hmm. that no more of thy name shall be sown. Mm -hmm. Out of the house of thy gods 
Will I cut off the graven images and the molten image? I will make thy grave for thou art vile, right? And, and in the end, in the end of 15, he said, he is utterly cut off. And he's talking about Satan. This yeah. is a type. Right. But I love this because Sennacherib was actually then later murdered by his own sons while he was praying yep. in his synagogue right. to the idol right. gods. Exactly. Right? It's a full of fruition right there, right? Yep. And he's saying Satan's not going to have any power. He, he was really, we thought he was powerful, but... God has more power. And he says this over and over in these, in these scriptures. He says, look at me. I, I can, he says in these chapters, I can dry up the ocean, right? Yeah. Why do you worship these gods? Yeah. I can dry up the ocean. The ocean's 70% of the earth. And he's like, I can dry up the ocean. I have power. These, these idol gods don't have power. Yeah. Yeah, it's so big. I was thinking about uh, Habakkuk. He talks about that a little bit. He says something that... Uh, that they can't breathe. The the uh, idols can't yeah, breathe. They're yes. covered in right. they're covered in gold, and yes. they can't breathe, and they have no breath in them. And 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 yet you hold them up, and you ask them to help you, and you right, right? like they can't even. Yeah. You made it. You carved the little thing out, covered it with gold, and stuck it on your mantle. And you're like, please help me. Please help you me. are the creator yeah. of that thing. And he's why, like, why I, did that help I you? I can dry up the the oceans. Yeah. I have power. I love the story of Abraham, his dad Terah was an idol worshiper. In fact, he had a shop where he sold mm -hmm. um, idols. And it's in the book of Jasher, yeah. which isn't scriptural, but it's, sure. it's Jewish history, yeah. right? It's yeah. Hebrew history. Sure. It's really intriguing. Well, Terah, Abraham's father, would go in and out of worship of idols mm -hmm. and the worship of Jehovah. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he owned this idol shop in, in the book of Jasher, and he had to go on a trip. And, mm -hmm. so, he, and so he said to Abraham, you watch the shop while I'm away. <laughs> And, uh, and while Tara was away, uh, Abraham took a club and busted up all the idols, oh. all the idols, mm -hmm. except for the biggest one. And then he put the club in that idol's hand. Mm -hmm. And so when his dad came home, um, he was very upset at his son, right? There's their income. And he yeah. said, Abraham, why did you bust up all these idols? And he said, I didn't. They, they all got in a fight and they busted up each other. Right? Look who won that. Yeah, exactly. And, and his dad says, his dad says, they're not real. <laughs> and Abraham said, that's exactly right, Exactly, Dad. Dad. That's exactly, exactly the point. Fast forward some years, yeah. and, and uh, Terah's sacrificing Abraham on the altar right. to a false god, uh, you know, mimicking what Abraham's going to have to do with his son exactly. down the road. Can, uh, that, that's a whole other story and right. another layer of just awesome that Abraham was. But, man, that's cool. They're they not real. They're not real. They're not real. They're not real, <laughs> right? <laughs> Okay, so I just, so I, I love this. I found this in Jeremiah where we were studying this for Come Follow Me. This is Jeremiah 30, verse 14. And he talks about the world, right? Our attachment to the world. And he says, all thy lovers have forgotten thee. They seek thee not, right? The world takes, but it never comes, never gives back. Satan takes and takes and takes, but he has nothing to give. Yeah. And I love in Isaiah, I love in Isaiah where Isaiah describes Lucifer who tried to become like God, right? Mm -hmm. He wanted God's, and in the last days he'll be brought down. And I love the words that Isaiah uses, right? Uh, Lucifer said, I will ascend unto heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, right? Mm. Satan wanted yeah, to can be wanted the God of everybody. Yeah. And then he says in verse 15, Isaiah 14, verse 15, yet thou, like Sennacherib, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider <laughs> thee saying, 
is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms? Squinty eye. Right, right. <laughs> like, really, that's that guy? the guy? That little guy right there, yeah. he caused me all that trouble yeah. and heartache. Are you kidding me? Yeah, right? that's big. That's Isn't that big. beautiful? Yeah, I love that. Well, love that. you know, the thing is, um, these chapters don't just go there. He, they talk about, they also talk about the gathering of Israel. Yeah. And uh, let me see if I can find it. Now you've got me all confused. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Habakkuk. Habakkuk, okay. uh, chapter 1, verse uh, 5. Okay. And it says, right, this isn't going to be all this way. It's yeah. not always going to be this way. It's yeah. going to get better, right? Um, Jeremiah says, in the last days, the God that was known to have delivered people out of Egypt will be known as the God who gathered Israel. Yeah. That will be so small. Yeah. The parting of the Red Sea is going to be so small yeah. compared to what I've got yeah. coming up. And verse 5 says, Habakkuk 1 verse 5 says, in the middle, I'm going to start in the middle, mm -hmm. for I will work a work in your days, our days, mm -hmm. which will not believe though it be told you, even though I'll tell you it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So let's go to Zephaniah because he okay. describes this day. He describes our day and we'll finish up with this. But um, this is Zephaniah chapter three. It's the last, the last, the, his last message, mm -hmm. right? And he says, last few verses. Yep. Starting verse 17. Okay. The Lord thy God in the midst. This is talking about the time when the Lord would gather Israel and what it would be like, True. right? And, yeah. he's, and without Satan having such an influence, yeah. the Lord thy God in thy midst of thee is mighty. Mm. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy, right? He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Mm. And he says, the Lord says, I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly who are, are of thee, to whom the reproach of it was a burden. Mm. Behold, at that time, I will undo all that afflict thee, there's mm. Satan, yeah. and I will save her that halteth and gather her that was driven out. I will get them praise and fame in every land where they, were, where they have been put to shame. Mm. At that time will I bring you again, even in the time that I gather you. For I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth when I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord. The gathering of Israel is ramping up and it is going to be amazing. Yeah. And that's what Zephaniah is saying. It's not going to always be this, the, the burdensome of Satan being in control of the world. Sure. Yeah. Eventually he's going to be put to shame, yeah. like Sennacherib, yep. right? Yep. Killed among his own right. gods. Yeah. And... Um, the gathering of Israel is going to happen. Well, and it, it is. It's happening now. I, you know, we're down at the Institute. We're seeing a, a massive influx of, of young adults coming awesome. and being there. And they're seeing themselves as gatherers. Absolutely. They're, they're seeing themselves as someone that just invites their friend to come be with yeah. them, whether, it's, whether they're a member of the church or not. And I think one of the, one of the unique aspects of our day is seeing those things and identifying them as miracles. Yep, absolutely. Because, because we don't see them, we think, oh, that's cool that the youth are willing yeah. to do that. No, no, youth have never done that. Yeah. They've never done those types of things the way they're doing them. Yeah. They've never lived the high, highest standards of all youth without the rule book anymore, yeah. with no line items in them for strength of the youth. Yeah. They've never, 
youth have never been able to say, what's the principle here? What should I do? Yeah. And make their own choice with revelation on their own. That's a miracle. Yeah. That's it a miracle much, much cooler than the parting of the Red Sea. Some as, of our as youth physical are incredible. As that would be. They oh, are man. so far above and beyond testimony-wise where I was as a high school yeah. or, or college. They are so far. They, they teach me so much. Yeah. And, really I, and I think you're right. The, we are ramping up for the for the gathering of Israel. Yeah. I, I, right now, there are 300 temples that are either working, being built, or announced. announced yeah. and, yet, and yet, I go to the temple with my wife, and the sessions are empty. Why are we building temples to sit empty? <laughs> Why? Well, we're going to need them for we're, a thousand years. We're going to need them. Yeah. We are going to need them. Yeah. And it's coming. Yeah. I think that's coming. This is this is President Nilsson in the first two minutes of his talk from General Conference just three weeks ago. Yeah. Just, yeah. He's like, this is amazing. It's coming, yeah. right? Yeah. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, so many wonderful things are ahead. Incoming days, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's, that's urgent. That's not years. Right? <laughs> we will see the greatest manifestations of the Savior's power that the world has ever seen. Between now and the time he returns with power and great glory, he will bestow countless privileges, blessings, and miracles yep. upon the faithful. But you got to watch for them, yep. right? And the miracles are happening. Yeah. If you have church news, if you have the church oh, news man. app on your phone, yeah. you see a miracle every day. Every day. It's incredible. Yeah, it's miracles cool. are happening, yeah. right? Um, and he says, the gathering of Israel is the most important work taking place on earth today. One cru crucial element of this gathering is preparing a people who are able, ready, and worthy to receive the Lord when he comes again. Mm. A people who have already chosen Jesus Christ over this fallen world. Yeah. A people who rejoice in their agency to live the higher, holier laws of Jesus Christ. I call upon you, mm. my dear brothers and sisters, emphasis added, by the yeah, way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I call upon you, my dear brothers and sisters, to become this righteous people. Cherish and honor your covenants above all other commitments. Man. As you let God prevail in your life, I promise you greater peace, confidence, joy, and yes, rest. Yeah, that's amazing. Fantastic. What a beautiful message. It's coming. You Matt, know, I love it. Coming. I love the I love there's a hidden counsel in there that, that I think is so important. You know, we talked about we talk about the the young people uh, of today, the young adults, the youth, and that they are sent here. Um, they've been reserved, that they have come down at this time because of who they were in the pre-existence. President Nelson himself said that. But what does he say buried in the middle of that quote? Become. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and I think what, what we miss when we talk about that, which is true, is that when you come to earth, you don't come with all those skills you had in the no. pre-existence. You go no. through the veil and you forget no. them. You have They're to right. relearn what your spirit knew in the beginning, right? Yeah. You have to become that. And, yeah. and I think sometimes we just... We drop the ball when we say they're already that. They're, they're, yeah. they're already done. And they, because President Nelson said they're wonderful, they're wonderful, and yeah. we're going to walk away and not, not teach them and not help them become. And, and I think you and I and those of our generations have, have been sent here to help them become more than we were. Yeah. Um, and I see yeah. it. I see that. Yeah, and that's a miracle, absolutely. but, but it's, uh, it's definitely a thing. Uh, Brother Ross Kelly, I, I appreciate it. You have been uh, such an example to me. Um, you didn't talk about this, but walking away from a lucrative career as a, dental, a dentist and a uh, very successful uh, businessman and uh, to, to mid-career say, you know what, I want to go do something that matters. Yeah. Not that my teeth don't matter. I mean, right. you'd be the first to tell me, right? Yeah. But, but, but Something the, matters more. Yeah. I hope those of you out there that are listening to this can feel the passion that Brother Ross Kelly has for this. Um, and as an example, to, to set aside things of the world, right? 
any opportunity that the young people have to be in front of you, I think is a blessing in their lives. So thank, thank you. you. Thank Anything you'd leave us with, just the final message to the young people. I just, you guys, the, the gospel is real. The gospel is real and it's true. And, and it's, it's true and it's real. And, and it might be true that it might be true that a vitamin can help you. Right, but it becomes real when you consume it, yeah. and it, you feel the effects of it. Mm. The gospel is is true that it can help you. It is real when you consume it, and it mm. and it changes your life, mm. and and that is amazing. Mm. Jesus Christ is reaching out to us. These chapters teach us that no matter how far we've gone, no matter how many steps we've gone away from Jesus Christ, He wants us back, and it only takes one back, one turn, mm -hmm. one step to turn back to Him, yeah. and He's waiting with open arms. Yeah. That is the blessing of the gospel and the atonement of Jesus Christ, is that He never, He never looks at our sins, right? You know I'm a car guy, mm -hmm. right? And I'll be driving down the road, and I'll look out in a field, and there's a rusty car out there, and I'll say, that's beautiful. Yeah. And my wife will say, that's horrible. <laughs> and she knows that I'm going to spend $600 yeah. to go buy it, right? That's why... <laughs> But the reason why the reason why I think it's beautiful is because I know I can fix it. Yeah. And the reason the Lord doesn't look at our sins or see the badness is because He knows He can fix it. Yeah. He's already fixed it. He's yeah. already paid the price to fix it, and He just wants us. He just wants us to bring that car to Him that's rusty mm -hmm. and let Him fix it because He doesn't even see. He looks at every sin and says, "That's beautiful. Yep. I fixed it already. Yeah, right. Just come oh. and bring your car." Brother, thank Let's you. What a beautiful Leave message. Leave that with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Thank you.